All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. everybody to dropping the gloves with tim and john hey tim hello john how are you (laughs) i'm good how are you i'm good hi listeners how are you hi everybody good hearing from you i wish we could talk to them how cool would that be we could just kind of do like a live feed or something maybe this summer we'll we'll set up a way for people to call in i think that's for the big time shows i don't know if we have that in our budget We'll have to figure something out, but it would we'll be see. neat to kind of get some of the the listeners to, to pop in real quick, just to give their their true thoughts on the show and what they really think of Tim. That would be my first question. What do you What do you think about Tim? Should we just just get rid of Tim and I'll just do solo shows from now on? I don't want to hear the answer to that question. <laughs> They'll it'll be a resounding no. We love Tim. Who are we kidding? <laughs> how's the anyways, uh, How's the house what? going? I haven't heard. I I thought you were going to call me with help with more windows, and I haven't heard anything. <sighs> it's just been put on a screeching halt. It's so funny. I go in these hot and heavy moments where, like, a whole week I'm out there, I'm fixed, and I put in like ten windows, twelve windows already, and I was like zooming. You know, we put that big one in, and then it's just screech screeching halt i haven't done a thing since we put that big window in i, I <laughs> tore some trim off i think earlier this week but other things take priority it's just it's just funny we, we have a rental i'm kind of turning that over then we have this house i'm trying to sell it so i'm cleaning it up and the kids started school so i have to like get them ready for school and it just there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens and it's like then i'm selling my car i'm trying to do that and like buying a new car there's just 
there's a ton of things going on and that just gets put on the back burner. So I need to get out there. So now I don't have a car. I'm so, like carless. So speaking of that, I feel like the listeners need to re- realize that the car you're selling or that you just sold is the car, right? Yeah. The all-star game car. The one I, I won from the all-star game. I can't believe it. What's yeah. your exam, John? It was, it wasn't sad at all. I'll be honest. I have no emotional ties to that. I don't get tied to things that, that often or that easily, I should say. So it was, you know, two guys came, picked it up. That's the manana. You know, it wasn't that sad. My kids were like, where are they taking our car? I was like, they're taking it away. And they're like, oh, we love that car. And I was like, well, we're going to get this new car. And like, does it have TVs in it? I'm like, it does. Oh, we love the new car. So they, <laughs> they don't care as long as there's a TV in it. They're fine. But anyways, not that they watch a lot of TV in the car. I don't want to just say I'm a bad parent who throws a movie on. Not that a bad parent throws a movie on, but <laughs> if we take a long trip, I throw a show on for him just to kind of quiet him down for a couple hours. You know how it is. But in town, no shows. We don't need to do that. But anyway. Weren't you saying on the show last year, like when you went, where'd you go to Sweden or Norway or something? Yeah. Finland? And and your daughter, one of them was watching like a Spanish show over and over again without even realizing it or she didn't care? No, she didn't care because they don't get shows that often. And we took a, um, what was it? Swedish air over there or something. So all the movies were in Swedish. All okay. the kid ones. And so she watched a Swedish television show. It was only half an hour long, mind you. Probably like 25 times. It was incredible. I was like, don't you want to watch something else or just read a book or just take a, take a nap? No, I'm good. Like 25 straight times like the Swedish show. I have no idea what it was. But anyways, yeah. She learned Swedish, so she's a genius. That's fine. Anyways, moving on, Tim. There's a you want to do a live update now of the yeah. Islanders That's Flyers four th- four three Islanders third period. We were just saying Flyers are on the on the brink of elimination. I feel like part of me just still doesn't believe that the Islanders team is this good. Like I, I'm I'm having trouble processing that. It is very strange. Even their first round. Who did, who did they play in the first round? Can you even remember? No, I can't remember. No, they, they're a very forgettable team where they they don't do anything flashy. They play in, you know, Capitals. on Long Island. They play the Capitals, the Cap- right? Well, there you go. So yeah. it's just, they're, they're a very underwhelming team. But then when you watch their game, it's like, man, these guys are exciting. They have good fast forwards. They have a good system. The goaltending is great. But they just don't get, they don't have the sexiness as the other teams, you know? They're not the Lightning. They're not the Bruins. They're not the the Avalanche or the Vegas Golden Knights, they're just, you know, the New York Islanders. They have that reputation of being like, oh, New York Islanders, you know, uh, the Islanders are on, who cares? What else you want to go to go for a walk? It just, it, they have that kind of reputation. And I don't know why, because they're a very exciting team. They have some big hitters, Cal Clutterbuck, Matt Martin. They throw the body around. They have some big scores with Barzal and those guys. Like they have some good defensemen, Nick Letty and the, the group. So I don't know. They, they are just one of those teams that aren't exciting, but they are going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. If this score holds out, what is there, like 10 minutes left? They will be in the Eastern Conference Finals going up against the Tampa Bay Lightning. What, a, what an exciting matchup that is. Again, I don't care. I, I honestly, I'll watch it. I wish it, was, I wish it was the Bruins Lightning. You know what I mean? I, I wish it was the Leafs versus the Penguins. I wish it was like another sexy Eastern Conference team, but it's not. It's the Lightning versus the Islanders. There's no, there's no storyline. There's no history there. There's no, there's nothing that makes me want to tune in. You know what I mean? There's really nothing at all. So, it is what it is. I'll watch it. I'm a hockey fan. 
it's good hockey. They're two good hockey teams, but there's going to be no hatred. I hope someone runs someone, like really buries someone. I hope Cal Clutterbuck just catches Kucherov or what's his name? Um, Nikola, Nikki, no, Kik, Kuk, Nikita, Nikita, Kukaneki. Who's Tampa Bay's goal scorer? Kucherov. Yeah. yeah you said it right the first it. time. Yeah, I'm second guessing myself. I don't know why. I hope Clutterbuck catches him with a just a just a solid open ice check first game. Just he's to hurt. set the tone. He's not, he's not even definitely playing next round. Well, and I hope he catches Steven Stamkos just across the middle. And he okay. just really you know, lays Stamkos him out. isn't playing either. Oh man, I hope he catches <laughs> Vinny LeCavalier and he just buries LeCavalier. Yeah. Marty St. Louis. And then St. Louis comes across and tries to fight him. And then Matt Martin dummies Marty St. Louis. But anyways, someone who's healthy, I hope someone buries somebody just to get to ignite the fire, get some emotion, get some get some eyes on this series. Because right now it's just like, bleh, you know, nope. I don't care. You know who's really stepping on the big stage for these guys? Uh, I mean, Braden Point, people already kind of knew how good he was. He was a point-per-game player this year and last year. But Andre Palat. Scored some big, yeah. big goals. I think he's had two overtime goals in this playoff uh, run so far. One big one against the Bruins in game two, I think. He scored a couple of big power play goals. He's, he's really like, because of the, the lightning are so deep, he's getting a lot of chances because they're taking out the the, the points and uh, Kucherovs of the world. And he's getting he's getting the scoring chances and he's burying. So he's really, really good. He's fun to watch. He is that. Yeah, he's just such a good playmaker. They they have a, yeah, he's, he's a good, good player. And they have a, a good lineup top to bottom. Every line seems to have a playmaker on that team. So he's fun to watch. 4-4. Sorry, I got distracted. I checked my scores. 4-4 now. Islanders, Ooh. Philadelphia Flyers. Are we headed for another game seven? I think we're headed once, for overtime at least. Once the Canucks win their game later tonight to make it another game seven, or are the Vegas Golden Knights going to dispatch them? I think the Knights got this one. I think because it's done. We, already have a, we have a game seven coming up tomorrow. It's the Colorado Avalanche versus the Dallas Stars. The Dallas Stars all but had this thing locked up. They were up three to one. Everybody was singing their praises, much like on this show we were. And everybody was just questioning the Colorado Avalanche. Did we think they were too good? Did we buy in when we shouldn't have? Were we all fooled by the smoke and mirrors of the Colorado Avalanche? Well, they have buckled down. They finally found themselves a goalie, Michael Hutchinson. Has played well the last two games. He's gotten the last two wins. And here we are in a game seven. What do we do, Tim? Who are you taking? Avalanche, Dallas, game seven. It's going to be Anton Hudobin versus Michael Hutchinson. Obviously, when the season started, everyone knew when Dallas played Colorado in game seven, it was going to be Hutchinson versus Hudobin. Who do you have? What are your thoughts? Just give us your take on this series because this is a pretty – this series has been so back and forth. It really has. I think this is a really important game for Nathan McKinnon in terms of perception, in terms of who he is, what he stands for. Yeah, no, no, it's too early for that. No, come on. But um, what he's been doing is just absolutely silly. He's he's tearing it up. I forget the record. I'll pull it up. But he's got some stat that he's producing points at a level that we haven't seen since Gretzky for the the playoffs. Um, And I think – for him to take the team on his back is what he needs to do in game seven. But that's what the best players do. That's what leaders do. And I think that's his chance here. So I, I'd really like to see how he responds to that. Yeah. I think he, he's has 25 points in 14 games. So I think he was the fastest player ever to get to 25 playoff points in a playoff series. So I, I think that's the record you're speaking about. And 
he has 54 points in the playoffs. He's only played 39 games. So this guy performs when it matters most. He shows up. But to say that won't affect his legacy, I think you're wrong. I think their window, he's 25 years old. I know that. But it's not like he's been in the league for one year. He's been in the league for a long time. And he hasn't really, they haven't won anything. They had a good run a few years back. But they are a Stanley Cup favorite. He is their best player. If they do not win, he could be lumped in with an Alex Govechkin where he just wins one Stanley Cup and that was it. When, if he could have produced, if he would have, you know, done a little bit more, as crazy as it sounds, where he's getting 25 points, averaging maybe two points a game, they could have won multiple Stanley Cups. And people were talking about Gretzky with this early in his career. He was putting up massive points, but they weren't winning Stanley Cups. They weren't the New York Islanders. They didn't have that grit. It took him a while to kind of find his feet and learn how to win a Stanley Cup. Is Nathan McKinnon going through that? Has he learned that yet? Because he has done long Stanley Cup runs. Like, it's not like this is his first, you know, rodeo. He's been in the playoffs multiple years. So it's just interesting. I think this will affect his legacy if he doesn't win this year or next year. And this is his chance. All the top dogs in the East are gone. There really isn't any scary teams in the East. The Lightning, maybe. They're missing Stamkos. They aren't as competitive as Vegas and the Avalanche. I think the West is where the talent is right now. The West, it's theirs to lose. So if he doesn't come out of the West and win the Stanley Cup, I think that's, you know, that's a little slight on him. I don't know. You don't think so. Well, it's a fair point because I think about like some of the best players of the 2000s, like Crosby and, and, and Kane and Taze and Kopitar. All these players won cups at young ages, right? Which sets you up to win multiple cups in your career. And, and unlike, you know, Ovechkin being the opposite there, finally won two years ago. But it took him 15 years to get that. And then you got some guys chasing that are still haven't got it with, you know, Jumbo and, and uh, Marlowe and some others. So I, I guess I... I I still picture him being like 22, 23 years old. 25 is climbing up there. He's still young. He's still got a lot of, of, of playing time left. But you're right. I, I think there's something to it. Um, but, I'm, I mean, have you seen some of the highlights that he's had in this playoff? Some of the, goal, the saucer pass he had the other night? It's just incredible. It's amazing. He, he is a special talent, and he's one of the guys who does everything right. No, go ahead. I cut you off. Well, I, I guess I'm asking the question. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to say he's better than McDavid. I don't think anyone – maybe some people would. But I guess the question, like, in your mind – is it automatic that Connor McDavid is the best player in hockey or is there a conversation now with McKinnon? I think there's a few players in that conversation. I think when you're just speaking strictly offensive talent, I think Connor McDavid wins that hands down just because he's so unique. There's not another player like him with his speed, with his skills and just being able to perform his skill set at the speed that he does it at. I think it's, it's, he's a one of a kind. There's, there's, guys who are similar to him and the Matthew Barzals and guys like that. McDavid does it at a different level and he just does it consistently. But if you're talking about an overall player who does it a full 200 feet, who does it consistently every single night, Nathan McKinnon is in that conversation of being the best player in the world. And even a guy like Sidney Crosby, I think Nathan McKinnon has supplanted him as the go-to centerman who knows how to take a draw in the, in the defensive zone in the last minute of a game, you know, he, he has that responsibility where if Edmonton's up by two and they're trying to hold the lead, McDavid's glued to the bench. You know what I mean? Whereas Landeskog and McKinnon are on the ice. They are that good defensively and they are that well-rounded of a player. Their coaches trust them and rightfully so because they know how to play the game. So if, I, if I'm making a list of overall players who like Bergeron's on that list in Boston, yeah. Nathan McKinnon, 
I, I'm putting um, Panarin from the Rangers. He's such a good player. I'm putting McDavid on there, obviously. So it, it's a short list, but I think McKinnon definitely is in the top three. If I'm doing a draft for a team, I'm taking him. I'm taking him one or two McKinnon. It's him. It's him or um, McDavid. It's just the mix, mix and is, max. Is Pedersen climbing that list for you at all yet? No, he's not there yet. He's he still needs to be seasoned. He's still. He's like he he would be in the top twenty, I would think, of players I would pick in a draft. But we should do a draft, no salary cap, just best team of current players. That would be that would be great, and see who has the best team. That would be epic. No, I don't think it would be epic, but it would be pretty <laughs> great. And and let's do it. <laughs> what I'm just dumping on your epicness? Yeah. <laughs> You look like uh, Kramer right now with the hair and the light behind you. Well, I used to have a Cosmo Kramer t-shirt. And he just you. went, when he went rogue and did that one comedy routine. <laughs> Oopsie, Kramer. Anyways, let's move on to a team that had been eliminated. We're talking about legacies. We're talking about people cementing their legacies and things that they do. Your main guy is Daniel Chara. He announced today that he wants to come back to Boston. He made some comments after they lost in game, gosh, was it five? in a double overtime game where he's like, he needs to take some time to think about it. He doesn't know what he's going to do this and that. He's going to talk to his family. He completely flipped like one day later. I think he realized the panic that he caused and maybe the Bruins like, Oh, you know, what? it wouldn't be a bad idea. And he's like, no, 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 no. I want to come back. I want, I want to come back And Boston's the only team I want to play with. So I want to come back. Let's talk. I want to, my agent's going to call you. My, my cam Neely. I'm on the phone. Answer my call. I'm texting you. Do the Bruins want him back? If they want him back, at what price and what role does he play next year? Yes, they want him back. I mean, I'm hearing some of the, the Bruins Twitter, the Bruins media, like, oh, Char is his legacy, or, and, you know, it's time for him to move on. We shouldn't sign him this year anyway. Listen, you're not going to sign a better defenseman for that cause on the free agent market. You know him. He knows the team. He leads the team. You sign him one year, $2 million, Like, what does that hurt you? As, as, even as a, a fifth, sixth defenseman, which he's better than, he's going to be better than anyone else that you can use to fill that spot. He can kill penalties. He can lead the team, pop in offensively once in a while, but he doesn't have to be that guy anymore. Um, in terms of legacy, I, I think this Bruins group, this Bruins core, I don't think there are windows closed yet, but it's, 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 more, it's more closed than it is open. And I think right now this, this core has gone to three Stanley Cups, only won one. So if they don't if they don't turn that around, especially the Bergeron, Marshawn, Krejci, the, the quote unquote younger core of this, and, and Rask as well, if they don't win one in the next year or two, they're they're going to go down as a good Bruins team, but not a great one, um, or maybe great but not legendary. It's it's not going to be an all time group just because of of the chances that they they've been given and risen to, and haven't uh, haven't delivered on. So. It's interesting to see what what will happen, but I think for sure Char is back next year, and I think for sure the Bruins they'd be stupid not to not to want him if he's if he's there. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think he slots in as a five six, like you said. You give him his thirteen to fifteen minutes. He plays on the PK three to four minutes a game, and that that's going to be a sweet spot. And I think you sign him for two million two million or less. Like I don't I don't think he he doesn't bring much to the table anymore. He's a, he's a serviceable penalty killer. He's not a great penalty killer anymore. His, his movement, his mobility, it's not there. He's going to be 45 years old. Like he's not a, a spring chicken. He's he's, this will be his 23rd season. So like he's been around the block. Like 
I don't even know if you start to kind of manage his time on the ice. You don't play him in back-to-backs. You just you let him have his rest. I know everyone says he's just a workout fanatic, but even you saw it with Yager in the later stages of his career. He wasn't the same player. Is Char ruining his legacy by just trying to hang on? Where he could have retired a few years back at the top of his game. He won the Norris in 2009, I believe. Is he ruining his legacy by just embarrassing himself at some points in the game where it's just like, man, you're just looking slow. He's getting beat to pucks. He's getting beat wide. He looks slow. Yay, nay? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think he's ruining his legacy. Not for people who really know hockey, but for like, you know, the the pink hat fans, the people that are just kind of following, they watch in the playoffs, whatever. All they are going to remember is this Chara, right? And they're not going to remember what he's done for the Bruins over the past, whatever, 12, 15 years, whatever it's been now. Um, I don't think he's ruining his legacy. I just think, you know, if he's got something to give, he's just such a competitor, like Tom Brady, right? He just can't, if he's got an, don't in, me. if he's got a little bit left to give, he's not going to, he's not going to pass on it. So um, what did you call those fans? Pink hat? Yeah. Maybe that's a, a Boston thing. So basically the idea is uh, it, it came out of Boston because of Fenway. So when like, for the, forever, the Red Sox were like the little brother of the of the baseball of the MLB, right? Like no one took them seriously. Then they won they the, the championship in '04, and all of a sudden, baseball became really, really popular again in Boston. Going to Fenway became more expensive. Now this is a good team that started winning, so that Fenway turned into like less of like a diehard baseball event and more like people go with their families and they make events and they stand at the Budweiser platform and don't even watch the game. So Pink Cats fans are like all like all the the pink hats, you know, the moms and the pink hats and the dads and the camo hats. And they're just like, it's like a novelty for them. It's like an event that has nothing to do with baseball. So that's the, uh, the fair weather. Boston, a little Boston slang explanation by Tim. I love it. You've counted on the restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Trust me, I've done it. My favorite restaurants, they only have a couple tables open. All you got to do is you open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. You don't even have to pay the guy like you used to. Oh, I'm waiting for my tip. No, they leave it at your door. They leave you pick up your food. It's steaming hot. It's delicious. You get to choose your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, even the Cheesecake Factory with their 500-page menu. Many of your local favorite restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. But guess what? Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. That's two burritos. All you have to do is download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's BLUEWIRE. One word for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL with Sunday NFL TV. You can stream every live out of market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and Direct TV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams, the Buffalo Bills, and your favorite players, Josh Allen, 
Stefan Diggs, no matter where you live, NFL Sunday Ticket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% of your subscription. So visit NFL Sunday Ticket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, last Boston question. What do the Bruins need to add to be successful next year? Oh, what were they we have, missing? We have another big Boston question to talk about besides that. What um, is it, Krug? So, yes. So, and part of the answer to that question depends on what happens here, but you have to assume he's gone. He spoke today. I don't know if you saw this, but he's basically said, like, I'm not taking a discount. I'm in the prime. This is my one chance to really cash in. I want to be in Boston, but I think he's ready to move on. Which is too bad. He's going to sign with like Detroit for probably six and a half, seven million, um, and he'll get it, and he deserves it. He's one of the best. I mean, if you look at like sure, sheer, sheer uh, point production over the past four years or whatever, he's top three in defenseman. Like he's that. He's good. a great defenseman. He plays physical. He he's a yeah. good defense. Like he's he's a great defenseman. And he's small, but he plays big. He's uh he's got a good head on his shoulders, um, and he can run a power play as well as anyone in the league. So okay, so just assume you're losing Krug. You still yeah. have McAvoy. You still have Grizzly. You still have um Carlo. You still have some serviceable defensemen. Charles coming back. Yeah, your defense isn't depleted. It's not your strong point. What do the Bruins need to do? to take that next step and to be competitive next year for a Stanley cup. Uh, I would say some secondary scoring is a big one. They didn't really see anything from their second, third, fourth line. I mean, it's a very top heavy team. And uh, I think Krejci stepped up, but other than that, you didn't really see much from the rest of the, the, the squad there. Um, and then some, some squad. <laughs> I was hoping you'd jump on that. And, uh, and physical, you know, some physicality, some toughness. The problem is, you know, you know, whoever wins, right? Every time someone wins the championship, the whole the rest of the league takes note and follows suit. They start building the way that they operate. So, you know, it depends on who wins this year and, and what who are going to be the big signings and all this. But I think it's hard to find a balance between being big and physical and tough, but not being slow. And that's one of the hard things for teams to do. Yeah, I, I think the big issue with Boston right now, obviously they, they're going to have to address the Krug exit, but – I don't think that is a big of an issue as they have no scoring on their wings. They really don't. Aside from Pasternak and Marshawn, their wing scoring is nothing. Like Jake DeBrusque will score once in a while. He seems to be a streaky scorer where he'll bury five or six in a month. Then he goes a month without even sniffing an assist. What do they do with him? He's a restricted free agent. They got to get out from Richie. Richie's terrible. They got to move on from Nordstrom. They like they need to revamp that Kashe, he didn't really pan out with Boston. They have a lot of wingers who make some decent money who aren't producing. I think they need to, I don't know what they have in their in their farm system. They need to figure out a way to get some scoring because they have good centermen. Bergeron's one of the best centermen in the league. Krejci's really good. Charlie Coyle can play up the middle. He's really good. They have some good, big-bodied, solid centermen who can make plays. They need some wingers to surround them, to put the puck in the back of the net. It's it's they need that and they don't have that. So I think you have to be creative with this team. I, I don't know what kind of room they have on the salary cap. They don't really have any trade chips. All those guys have no move clauses, and you're not going to trade a Krejci or a Bergeron or a Marshawn or anybody like that. Like that's the core of your team, a Pasternak. I don't know what they're going to do. I, I don't like their position. I'll, I'll say that. I think 
they're in a tricky spot to try to be a Stanley Cup caliber team next year. They're going to be good. They're always good. But are they going to contend for a Stanley Cup? I don't know. Right now, the answer is no, which is sad because when the Bruins are good, it's good for the league. And But I love when the Bruins lose. Who am I kidding? So anyways, that's my take. Do you agree? They got to get rid of Richie. Oh, my goodness. Oh, uh, well, he's not coming. He's Waste awful. Oh, my goodness. And, and Kasha, I liked he was doing, making these little plays. I'm like, oh, this, this guy's this guy's skilled. But he could not bury, and then he lost it at the end. Coach made uh, comments in the press game, press conference after the game five about his conditioning. He just was not there. I think you're right. And, and they've, looked, they've been looking for, like, a, a, a mainstay at Krejci's right wing ever since, like, Tyler Sagan was traded or, or Nathan Horton. Like, they haven't had – it's been a revolving door. Pasternak's been there on and off when, when someone else besides um, him was on Bergeron's line. Or they need, like, a good right-hand shot to skate with uh, Krejci and DeBrusque. And they just need some, some physicality and secondary scoring on the third line. They just, if they can get a guy, you know, a couple of guys that can score 10, 15 goals each, and everyone just starts chipping in. You don't need to rely on your top team, your top line. I mean, the, look at what Tampa does. Look at the, what the Blues have. It's crazy. That's what they're doing. Vegas, and those are that's what that's what it takes to win right now. Yeah, yeah. It, those guys are hard to come by. Who you consistently count on to score a goal every third game. That's what you need. Score a goal every three games. That's what we need out of you. Like your, your yeah. first line, they're going to score a goal every game, every other game. The second line, you want every third game. Third line, every fourth game. Fourth line. Every five games, you guys put a goal in. That, that's, that's the goal. You know what I mean? To get that kind of balance. And it's hard to find. It's very hard to find. We are going into overtime, the Islanders and the Flyers. Just so you know. Just a heads up. Wow. Another game seven potentially. How exciting. How exciting. All right. We had a trade in the NHL this week. A very strange trade. I saw it come across. and I was like, what is, what is going on? The Montreal Canadiens traded for goalie Jake Allen from the St. Louis Blues. Mm-hmm. For I think they got they gave him up for a fifth rounder. I I was I'm still perplexed by this trade. Why? Jake Allen he it's not like he makes one million or two million dollars. He's a good goalie. He played well for the Blues this year. He makes four plus million dollars. They have I I've been hit in the head a few times, and sometimes my memory is how much does their goalie make? This Corey Price guy. Carey Price, what does he make? Doesn't he make like eleven million or something silly like that? He makes ten plus million, I believe. So if I'm a GM and I know the cap is going to stay the same for the next two or three years, am I going to trade for a goalie who makes just south of five million dollars to tie up fourteen plus million dollars on goaltending for the the next year when I know the cap is going to stay stay the same? It, does that make sense to you at all? Do you think they're gearing up the trade price? Not a chance. No. There's no one would take Carey Price. But there are teams that like struggle just to get to the cap floor. No, there's not. The, no one would take Carey Price. Nobody in their right mind in the NHL who values their job would take Carey Price. He, he looks has, pretty good right now in the playoffs. No, he didn't. He, they lost. They're not in the Stanley Cup final. They're not even playing still. You don't they, need that salary to, to compete in the NHL. There is Anton Hudobin left. There is Michael Hutchinson left. There is Robin Lehner left. There is – who else is left? Who does the Islanders have? S- Varlamov makes a decent salary. Vasilevsky. Who, Vasilevsky makes – I don't even know what he makes. Not $10 million. But, but you've been saying over and over again that you need a good goalie and strong down the center. Now you're saying the goalies don't matter. 
I never said you needed a good goalie. I said you need a good back end and strong down the center. Don't put words in my mouth. Okay. Don't you dare. It was goalie? You need to be strong in the back end and strong down the middle. Fact. I've said that hundreds of times on this show. Okay. Trading for a backup goalie who makes more than $4 million to putting $14 million plus on your salary cap, and you only have $68 million left for 21 players, that's crazy. When your team... I don't know. It just it just seems like a bad move by Mark Bergeron. I don't know why he's doing it. Great. Jake Allen's going to be a good goalie for the 15 games that he plays. Great. It's going to cost you four plus million dollars. I don't get it. I don't I don't understand. Another goaltending move that I heard, the Leafs are in on Matt Murray. Did you hear that? I did not hear that. So Matt Murray, the Penguins. They have him. They have um. What's what's the other guy's name? Yuri or uh, uh, Tristan Jerry? Tristan Jerry. So I guess they're sold on him being the starter. Matt Murray, he's got to go. They have two number ones. They're both making decent coin. Well, actually, Tristan Jerry's not. Murray is. The Penguins GM Rutherford loves to gamble. He loves to trade. He loves to swap pieces. He has a deal in the in place for Murray, but he's you know fielding offers. And I heard the Leafs are in on him. What is your take on that? Is Murray an upgrade from Anderson? Anderson signed to a good contract for the next couple of years. He would be a good trade piece at a deadline. It's just the goaltending shuffle that's happening is amazing. All these Canadian teams, Montreal just picked one up. The Leafs are in the market. Ottawa, Calgary, and Edmonton, all their goalies are hot garbage. Like they would love to have any one of these guys. What do you, what do you think is happening? Is this going to fix the Leafs problems just by getting Matt Murray? If, if they do pull this off. I mean, at his best, yeah, Murray's probably better than Anderson, but I feel like he gets hurt a lot. He's always on the IR. This is why uh, Jerry even got to do what he did this year was because a lot of it Murray was hurt, and then he came back, and, and Jerry had already, like, solidified his spot. So, you know, I don't like trading for risk, you know, risk, health risk players, and I think uh, surely Matt Murray fits in that category. But honestly, I don't think of, of all the problems the Leafs had, I don't think the goaltending is really one of them. I mean, I don't, I don't consider Anderson like a top five goalie or maybe, maybe top 10, maybe the back end of a top 10. But so I don't think goalies their problem. They have a lot of other ones. They should be focusing on that rather than trying to swap goalies here. Yeah, I agree. I like Anderson. I, I know he takes a lot of heat. I think he's a good goalie. I think he, he plays the position well. I don't think he is a, a superstar by any means. But like I said before, you don't need a superstar. They're strong up the middle Toronto, the back end. It's a consistent theme. They need to figure it out. Another team that is weak on the back end that I heard is trying to figure it out by moving out one of their big pieces is the Winnipeg Jets. There's rumors going on in Winnipeg right now that they are sh- quietly shopping Patrick Line to try to find some pieces for their back end because their back end is just a nobody'sville. It's like uh, Dr. Zeus to who, Whosville. Who is, who, who is on their back end? No one knows. So... If you're a team who's got a strong back end, like say the Carolina Hurricanes or the New York Rangers or another one of these teams, I would jump at this opportunity. I think Line, he he started out like a like a lightning bolt. Like he he was a superstar in Winnipeg his first season. He was challenging Team Solani for the goal, a rookie goal lead. He just was scoring anyway, always. He was just producing. And he's kind of, you know, petered off the last few years. He is a legit goal scorer. He's got that personality. He's got the Alex Govechkin kind of mentality where he's just he's a stud, and he knows it. Throw him in Broadway. That guy would be, like, scary. Would you trade Fox for Line or, or one of their other young, good defensemen? 
or a any one of the Carolina Hurricanes defensemen for line A? Uh, I probably would. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the deal, but I'd have to look at the numbers and whatnot. But generally speaking, yeah, I probably would. Because um, I think he is, he's just like a source of untapped potential. I think he scored 50 goals his rookie year. Am I remembering that right? I mean, yeah, he did. Because I know Solani, I think he put up 72 his first year. Yeah. And there was there was talks like he's going he's gonna to challenge Solani for his rookie record. Like he was scoring that many goals at that quick, quick of a pace. So I don't know. I... I don't. I don't see them walking away from Line A. He's just. I, I. I think they'll have a high asking price. I don't know if they'll get it, but it's interesting that they're willing to walk away from him to address their defensive issues. When two years ago on this very podcast we were talking about how good the Winnipeg Jets were on the back end. You did. Isn't that, I didn't. Isn't that bizarre? They. They have totally. That that organization has taken a one eighty on their on their defensive corpse. It's just just crazy how it can change just like that, where you can go from. Having this is the cornerstone of our franchise. We are set for ten years to panicking. Like, who are we going to dress tonight? We don't have anybody. Where John Scott is sending you messages saying, "Hey, you need me? <laughs> you know, hit me up. Slide in my DMs, Winnipeg, because they had nobody. Like, they were scraping the bottom of the barrel in Manitoba for players. Like, that's how bad it was there. So it's it's interesting. I like what Shevel Dayoff is doing. He's addressing his needs. He is aware of where his team is weak whereas other GMs in Canada don't seem to realize where their teams are weak and they just still put on these blinders like, we want to play a certain way. This is how we're going to play. This is my system, and this is what we're going to do. And they they can't adapt or adjust to the times. Kyle Dubas, he's not adjusting. He's just, we're going to play fast. We're going to play up and down. This is, I want these defensemen. It's not working, Kyle. you got to kind of pivot and try a new new, uh, system. Anyways, I thought that was interesting. The last one, Taylor Hall. Does he make it to free agency? Yes, I'm going to say yeah. I think it's 100% yes as well. If you're Taylor Hall and you're sitting at home, Arizona's trying to back the Brinks truck up to your front door. Like, look, come on, Taylor, look at all the money we have. Come, come play with us. He can go to free agency. He's a young kid. Arizona's a dumpster fire right now as far as their GM and their whole, their whole organization there. I'm going to, I'm going to play, play the market, man. Like I I can't imagine that feeling a young kid, you're a former MVP, you're a superstar, what it feels like to know you're going to just hit a payday and you get to pick where you play. You could even take a little pay cut. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take a little, a little haircut on this. I'll make $6 million a year and I'll play for a, a stacked team and try to win a Stanley cup next year, or I'll make 8 million. I'll go back to Arizona and be miserable and have six GMs over the next eight years, and we'll never sniff the playoffs again. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, yeah. I, I would take a little bit of a haircut if I was him to kind of go to a contender. Because he's, he's played on terrible teams his whole career. Right. 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 I don't think he he's, wants to go and, like, make 8 or $10 million a year and go be the guy somewhere because he's, he's been that. It's not worked, right? He, he was miserable in Edmonton. He was miserable in New Jersey. He was miserable in Arizona. He wants to go to a big market city and play for the Stanley Cup. Oh, I would love Rangers. to see with the Rangers. Oh, how great would that be? Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Yeah. Punch bug, no returnees. Imagine like you have Hall and Panarin flying down the wings against you. Like, what are you going to do against that? And then you have the first overall pick, Lafreniere. Yeah. You gotta, that's, I'm glad. 
that's another former team of mine. No big deal. I played for him. Cup of coffee, eight games. <laughs> what a joke. But anyways, Taylor Hall, we have a 4-4 game going into overtime. We have the Vegas Golden Knights versus the upstart Canucks. Chances tonight for the Canucks, Tim? Uh, I would say 60% chance that the Knights win and close it out. Wow. Where do you get your numbers from? My heart. I just go with my gut. My what about you? Uh, I just died in your... I don't... I don't gamble. So, the Raptors won last-minute fashion. O, OG Anunobi buried a game-winning shot for them to get them back into the series. I'm not a huge Raptors guy, but I enjoy when they win, especially against Boston. Are they your number one basketball team? Yeah. They're probably my only... If the Raptors were not in the NBA, I would not... I would have never started watching basketball. And the reason I don't like them as much is I just, I'm not a big Drake guy. I think they went all in on Drake and it was just too much. Like his logo is on the court and he's like sitting courtside and he's not a cool courtside guy like Jack Nicholson. He's like an annoying courtside guy who like stands up and is yelling and he's like got the muscle shirts on. He's like, take easy Drake, like just less is more. You know what I mean? I want to see less out of you. That's, that's the biggest insult from a coach. I want to see less out of you on the ice, John. What does that mean? It means I'm going to bench you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. What else? Anything else, Tim, we need to touch on? No, no. Um, no, baby's doing well. I saw Danielle posted some pictures the other day. She looks healthy and growing quickly. Baby's eating milk. Baby's doing good. She's allergic to dairy, which is tough because Danielle oh. can't eat any dairy or drink any milk or any of that fun stuff. So she's had to alter her diet. But other than that, she's moving along swimmingly. She sleeps great. You know, we're good. Trying to finish up. I'll, I'll need your help, Tim. Hopefully, what is it today? Thursday, we have Labor Day weekend. Maybe next weekend. I'll test your shoulder out again. We'll throw some doors and windows in. What do you think? Let's do it. Let's All start right. stretching. You better. How's the yoga going? How is that? It's good. It's good. Yeah, it's really good. Any it's restraining fun. orders yet? No, not that I know of. But do they tell you? Yeah, they must, right? Yeah, I don't know. No restraining orders. Gonna yet. show up on your doorstep. Please put your pants on. We're doing yoga, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's out there with tidy whities. All right, let's Yuck. close it out, John. Hey, are you you're house hunting right now? How is that going? Being a I, young man house hunting in a in a small city with not a lot of um, options out there. What's that like? Uh, it's it's a little frustrating. That the the reason I want to leave my current apartment is because I want to get a dog. Uh, this fall when my lease is up but there's very few places in Travis City that allow dogs which is kind of strange to me because it's a pretty dog friendly town so uh, my my options are limited otherwise I might as well stay I'm thinking of my buy a house next year so the more I see these these apartments that are like two three hundred more than what I pay now and I don't even pay utilities now so I'm like I should just suck it up do one more year save some money and buy a house next year I know that's what I should do but I just, I really want a dog now. So I don't know. Could you get a dog and then just hide it in your <laughs> apartment? What kind of dog do you want? I don't know. I rescue like a, like a dog that can take adventures on and take on adventures, but not like a little lap dog or anything. But are you was, going to get a bumper sticker that says my dog rescued me? Who rescued you? Right. Who rescued who? Because uh, no. I need to know now because I will have to sharpen my knives to slash your tires if you do get one of those bumper stickers. No, no, no. I don't even have social media. I'm not even going to be able to post pictures of a dog. But Post them on the Dropping the Gloves Twitter account. I don't have fans access to that. You run that one. Dog. You run that one. I don't have access. Stop lying to the fans. We both have access to that. 
Tim, you're a terrible liar. Okay. But I think you should rent something new, you know, expand your wings, just get out of that little downtown bubble you're in. Just kind of, you know, see the world a little bit. I have a nice place I'm renovating I can rent to you. It's got great views. I'm sure it does. Probably out of my price range, and it's not even close to livable yet, so. Tim, you do not need a toilet or water. (laughs) Stop. You're so spoiled. Kids these days are incredible. Millennials. Who needs them? Or you're a Gen Zer. I'm a millennial. No, you're not. Are you? Yeah, I'm almost 30, John. Oh, my goodness. You better get on a lot of things. (laughs) Get your life going. I'm 30 in like six weeks. (laughs) I'm 38 in like three weeks. Bro, I'm getting old. Too old to say bro. (laughs) We're going to have to do some birthday episodes next month. Happy, 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 happy birthday. I know. I used to, when I was a kid, there used to be a little store called Choo Choo Charlie's next to my house. I always wanted to have my birthday there, but my parents never obliged. Like, no, sorry. We're going to have it in the backyard. Like, oh, come on. Choo Choo Charlie's. It's kind of like a, uh, what's that one you had in the States with a mouse? Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Kind of like that. But with the train and a choo-choo Charlie. Anyways, everybody, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, We'll talk to you on Monday. Well, will we? It's the holiday weekend. Good long weekend. Maybe I'll do a solo episode. Labor Day doesn't exist for me. It's not really a holiday. I might throw out a solo one. Who knows? Maybe I can get Pavelski on. If he wins tomorrow, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to jump on for a podcast. So we'll see. We'll, we'll play it by ear for, for an episode on Monday. If not, we'll talk to you on Wednesday. Have a good weekend, everybody. I hope you stay safe. Have a good Labor Day. Shove some hot dogs in your mouth and uh, go crazy. All right. Bye, Tim. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise, including T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time. Did somebody say playoffs? The NBA and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. The MLB season is pushing into the fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return to sports, and remember the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, they are your online sports book experts.